Welcome to Theba Time, where I discuss thoughtful tools, resources, and shared experiences to help and encourage caregivers of loved ones living with dementia. Hello, it's Sam Ferguson with Hospice Home Care. I'd like to thank uh, Theba for this uh, podcast takeover. We're going to educate and help uh, everyone understand what hospice is all about uh, with this particular podcast. I'm Jared. I'm one of the executive directors with Hospice Home Care, and I was uh, thankful to be invited to this hospice or this uh, podcast takeover as well. And Sam and I have been working together for just over a year now, um, you know, really out there educating about hospice and palliative services and want to overcome, you know, different stigmas that we have about what our services actually provide. And I think that's the most important job for you know, anyone out there is the educational part of it. Um, Sam, do you want to step in about what your job role is at Hospice Home Care? Sure. Uh, I'm a patient care representative, and basically I call on uh, UAMS, uh, the, one of the biggest hospitals here in town, and I have uh, a health and rehab out at St. Vincent North and Compass Health. Uh, so w- w- within these two systems, we 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 have a lot of referrals that come out of there for hospice and uh, the families a lot of uh, most of the time or some of them may know a little bit about hospice, but most of the time they don't. And there is that stigma that's involved with it. They think that with hospice, it is end of life. That's it. We don't want that. Sometimes would they feel the families feel like they're giving up on their loved one, you know, as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the big thing for us and, You know, one of the things that we have is what we consider a goals of care conversation. And it doesn't matter where the referral comes from. It can come from a family member calling us, a a hospital calling us, you know, whatever it may be, wherever their patient's at, we're we're there to meet the patient where they're at and the family where they're at. And we go and have a sit-down conversation to understand what their goals um, are, what their wishes are. And then it's really Sam and my job to make sure that those come true and that those actually happen. Um, for the patient care rep role, it's one of the most exciting roles for me because um, those goals of care discussions happen almost daily. Um, Sam, I know you do them, what would you say, five or ten meetings with families a week. And what are you seeing in those discussions with those families in those goals of care discussions? What are some of the questions that they have about hospice or palliative? Uh, yeah, about five to ten a week. Uh, on an average, and I would, I would say one of the the biggest questions that I get is, what does it look like? How often is hospice going to, what are they going to do? How, how often are they going to be in my home uh, taking care of my loved one? And with that goals of care, we get to put together a plan for them before they're discharged from the hospital. And um, so they'll ask sometimes, once again, what does it look like? Well, with the CNAs, the certified nursing aides that come out to basically make sure that the patient is comfortable, because that's what hospice is all about is, is comfort, comfort measures. We want to make sure that the, the patient is comfortable, that they're not in any pain, and that with any of the resources that we have that we can provide for them, you know, going forward to help them to continue to meet those comfort measures. And we also have an RN that comes out once a week to make sure clinically that everything is going good, that they're not in any pain, uh, that the medications that they are taking, that they're tolerating them, 
Uh, you have a social worker that comes out as well for emotional and psychological stressful needs and questions that the family can have. You also have a chaplain for the spiritual part. Um, that that's kind of it in a nutshell. And there's a lot of other you know questions that do come about you know with hospice, especially if the patient is let's say they're nearing end of life. Let's say that they are almost they're they're imminent. Okay, and they may be down to to days to hours. And when the body starts to shut down, there's there's sometimes there's issues with with well, mom's not getting anything to eat. I'm really worried why she's not eating. We've been trying to to feed her. We've been trying to to make sure she can get some nutrition. Well, any nutrition is better than none, but however, at that point in time, when the body starts to shut down, the natural process starts, and a lot of families think that they're giving up. They're just they're. I mean, we're why are we doing this? I can't get I can't get my mother to eat anything anymore. But that's where the goals of care comes into play once again with the education on, you know, this is a natural process. It it, it sometimes you know with nutrition it could be a bad thing. Um, you want you want this situation to be peaceful. You want it to everything to be you know, as, as good as it can be going forward all the way to the end. So we try to relax the family to get them to understand that it's okay if you're not feeding them. It's okay if they want something to eat. Absolutely, they can have something. But there's that it's a tough time in there, Jared, when, you know, the family thinks that they're just kind of giving up on it. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the biggest stigma around hospice in general. And again, I say this all the time, but hospice 10 or 15 years ago looks a lot different than hospice does today. Um, I describe it to families all the time as it's really kind of the new home health on steroids. We're able to do a lot of things, although we're not focused for restorative or anything like that, but we're able to do a lot more things a lot quicker in an in-home setting. So as far as equipment needs and you know, making sure that they have the equipment so they're not getting rehospitalized and they're able to stay home and comfortable um, you know, able to get those medications in a timely fashion, you know, questions about those medications are a big thing that we have as well. And a lot of people are scared opioids, the opioid epidemic was, you know, painful for a lot of families and a lot of different patients. And I still think it has that, you know, stigma, a lot of the medications we use, the comfort medications we use, a lot of families are kind of afraid of them because they have that stigma name around them as well. So everything that we do on a daily basis, whether it's in a home with a family or out in the community or at one of our accounts, the hospitals, is to educate about overcoming those stigmas. Um, and again, when we're talking about hospice, we're not just talking about the last three days or, or two weeks of life. We've had hospice patients with us for years at a time, and it's really based on diagnosis and those goals of care discussions. If those goals are for comfort and, and to stay at home, by all means, we want to make that wish happen for them. And that's the biggest thing for us. And and it looks different for everybody. Some people might not be ready until they're a couple weeks out. But some people know those wishes and those goals and those comments. And that's what we try to do and in, in, instill in them every single day as we're out in the community. So it, it just looks different. And, you know, the biggest thing that I could say to anyone is ask questions about it. Um, don't be afraid of the word hospice. Don't be afraid of the word palliative. Um, you know, palliative and, and hospice are two different things inside of our company. Um, but at a hospital setting, they're very much so closely related. Sam, do you want to touch base on that? What does it look like in a hospital setting in between 
you know, hospice and palliative. Yeah, certainly. At UAMS, they, they have a palliative team there. So you have your palliative doctors. And, you know, they're going in. to They have a goals of care discussion with the families as well. A lot of times family thinks that palliative is hospice. That's what they, that's what they think. And, and then when the hospice word is thrown out there, then they really do. There's that stigma again. But, uh, what, you know, once again, what does it look like in there? You have the, you have the, the palliative team that, uh, that does their goals of care where we come in. I'll use the Theba and her mom as an example for palliative care. I came out to the home, did the goals of care, explained everything about palliative that she needed for her mother. And it's a great starting point if you really want to get ahead of the curve here, if you think that one day that your loved one is maybe terminally ill or we know that in in six months or a year down the road that the, the, the decline is coming. It's going to be there. So with palliative to start with, we basically are going to come in have a nurse practitioner come out and make those visits once a month. And with that, there's other resources that you can have. You can have ultrasounds done. We can draw blood. We can do x-rays. Uh, we basically would we'd love for the, the patient to have to stay home more, not have to worry about, hey, wait a minute, we do want you to go see your PCP. We do want you to be involved with other physicians that they need to go see. However, the trained eye and ear of our nurse practitioners is really special in the home. Palliative is a great start also because one day you will need to transition into hospice. We already have a great deal of history that we get while we're in the home on these patients. We also share the notes that we gather while in the home seeing the patients with their PCP. So when you go see your physician, they will have a great deal of notes and to see what is going on at home versus what they see in the clinic. Um, Jared, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. Our, our palliative program is designed for those patients that, you know, they're not ready to make that jump to hospice yet. And that's understandable. That's a tough decision to make. But they're there to coach and walk you through those processes and maybe even guide you through that decision, you know, to say, you know, maybe it's not time now, but let's start thinking about it. And what are our goals and what are our wishes there um, when, when that time comes? Um, I think the two words, you know, interchangeably in, an, in a hospital system, palliative and hospice get mixed up a lot. And that's why we call it our house call program a lot. The way I describe it to some, you know, some of the older generations is if you watch those old time movies, you know, you have a doctor come out with a big black bag. Um, you know, they're there to kind of, you know, get you better, you know, come see you once a month. Um, like Sam was saying, there's a lot of things that we can do in an in-home setting, and especially for these memory patients and Alzheimer's patients and dementia patients, some of these changes sceneries can really be a big thing for them. So the more things that we can handle in home, the more connection we can build with that patient and that family is really the better the better move but it's just all hands on deck and that's really what healthcare is about i feel like too much in healthcare nowadays is um the right hand's never talking to the left hand and we want to bridge that gap so that whole healthcare system and that whole healthcare journey is continuous and everyone is working together in the same direction for the family's needs and the family's wants and the patient's needs and the patient's wants so that's what we're trying to do. It's, it's, you know, the hardest thing ever in healthcare nowadays. And I, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure you see it on a day-to-day basis in your goals of care patients. But to me, honestly, I think it makes a difference. And 
you know, that's the whole reason we do what we do. So That's right. A lot of situations uh, when they're not ready for hospice, palliative is perfect. You get, you get on board. You start to learn. You get educated. You understand that I'm putting a plan together. And I think that's a big issue out there is just the, the families not knowing what to do or where to start. Yeah. You know, so I mean, the 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 education within the community is really really key. So with a podcast yeah. like this, I mean, putting this out there for everyone, this is this is crucial. This is how you get it started. House calls or palliative. Now, what's the difference? House calls is a practitioner once every three months. A palliative is once a month. You know, based on the decline with a patient, you know, we, we might be able to increase our frequency a little bit if needed. We have a 24-7 triage call center that, you know, that, that you can take advantage of if you see something that's whacked out, not right uh, with your loved one. Then you've got that opportunity to pick the phone up and call and get an RN on the other end that can step you through some things. Um, so education is key. Yeah. I, it, that's all what it's, what it's about. And you, Sam, you've been with us for about a year now. I've been here almost four years now, but I mean, working in this space, did you know that these resources, I mean, you have elderly people in your family. Um, and so do I, I mean, my grandma, I just put my grandpa through hospice, you know, not too long ago. Actually, I just had my aunt pass away a couple of days on hospice in Michigan. Um, but you know, even still my, in my inner family, my inner circle of my family, come to me with these questions because there's just not enough out there about what hospice or palliative services are. And um, it's just, you know, I think we almost take it for granted because we work in it. It seems like it's almost second nature, but, you know, being out there and understanding, you know, when something happens to you personally, realizing that there's benefits and resources, you know, a lot of people I think don't take advantage of it because they just don't know the resources there. That's right. I put my mother on house calls. I had no idea before I started with this company anything exists like this. I just thought you had to go grab them and take them to the doctor every time she has cellulitis that starts to, you know, form on her, on her lower extremity of her legs. You know, it's like once a quarter, it's back again. Something's up again, again, over and over. If I'd have known about this earlier, two or three years ago, I would have had her on it then. So I, I'm, I'm thankful and, and blessed to be able to work w- with hospice home care and palliative care. I'm so happy to know about it. So it's my job. I feel like it's my responsibility and ours to put it out there like this, to help people understand that you can be seen at home. I mean, that is a really, really a beautiful thing because you can get the attention that you need. I don't have to worry about, I get a peace of mind that our nurse practitioner is coming out to see my mother and she's symptom management. She's treating the things that pop up that that they need called in, you know, like the frequent UTIs that we see all of the time. A lot of times, no telling what time of the day or night that it is, it gets to the point where it's really frustrating for them and they're picking up and leaving and going to the ER, sit there for six hours and then get treated and turn around and come back home when all it would have took was a phone call or being educated and knowing about palliative or house calls. That's just a situation that we see all the time. You know, a lot of times families panic. They don't know what to do. And then it's a 911 call. So we're reaching out to you. We're, we're reaching out. We're, we're putting the tentacles out there. We've got the resources. We've, we've, we have it. And, and it needs to be put out there a little bit more. 
uh, within the community. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, advocacy is really the, the big thing. When I think about what what's the most difficult thing being a uh, you know, caregiver for your loved one, your mother, you know, whoever is going through this, right, is, is being a patient advocate and advocating in the right direction. And I think a lot of times when you get in the healthcare system, it's so bogged down now and people are so busy, they don't have time to advocate. They're just pushing you to the next level or pushing you to the next thing down the road. Um, this program really allows you to slow down a little bit and talk to an advocate like Sam or, or any one of us in the company. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is advocating for what's right and what they want. And I, I guess I feel like I'm saying that over and over, but that's really what the message is. Um, you know, and the difference is, is the advocation of, you know, doing what you want and, and getting those nurse practitioners in home. Yeah, that, that's correct. No doubt about that. And here's something we need to talk about. Um, does insurance pay for this? You know, and who pays? Are, who, who are our nurse practitioners in network with? You yeah. know, how, how, how does that happen? That's probably one of the largest questions we get in healthcare in general. Um, we understand healthcare is expensive. Everybody knows that. We have, uh, what, 20, just over 20 providers in our house call and palliative program now, Sam? Yes. And we cover most of the state of Arkansas, and we're rolling it into Louisiana and Mississippi as well. Um, but we bill just like a primary care clinic would or a specialty care clinic would. So yeah, in, in a way you do have to be in network with us, but that's what the patient care representative, when they come out and have that goals of care, that's what they're going to talk through as well is, you know, what insurance we have, you know, getting that back to the office, making sure that's ran through the process. You know, again, we're in the business of taking care of people. So we want to make sure if they're not in network with one nurse practitioner, they might be in network with a different one. Um, but we take, you know, most major insurances and we take a lot of other secondary insurances as well. Um, but as long as they're in network with us, you know, if they have a copay to see their doctor, they might have a small copay to see our nurse practitioner. Um, but yeah, insurance covers it and we're never going to come out and see you and then stick you with a bill. I think that's a lot of people's fear with in-home services. Mm, that's accurate. And do you have to have a doctor's order? You know, how do you how do you get this thing going? Who starts this process? Well, I can say this. If you're looking out for your neighbor, if you're at church or you're looking out for your friends and you see a decline in someone, um, you can anyone can send the referral in. It's voluntary. You know, you could you could make us aware of a situation and get with that person that you think is declining, get it okay with them, and we could come out and do a goals of care with them. We may find that uh you know, that with our attention that we give them, the care that we're going to provide for them uh, is going forward is going to be special for them. It would be nice. Yeah. Well, and too, Sam, I think the big thing that, you know, you were just, I, I was just about to step in on, so I'm glad you turned it over to me, was in those goals of care processes, how many times have you sat in one? And, you know, even if they didn't qualify or want to get on our services, that you made a referral to another service. Absolutely. You know, if they didn't fit our mold, you know, per se. Or they didn't think you didn't think they would quite benefit from us yet. How many times have you called someone else and said, "Hey, this might be the route you go"? That's right. Uh, we have partnerships out there as well. I mean, we, we realize that you know, as an individual going out doing goals of care, calling on our accounts, uh, seeing what we can do. We can't do this by ourselves. You know, we we work close with home health agencies. We work close with uh, let's just say the home insteads of the world out there. 
private caregiving. Uh, we want to make sure we have all the resources in hand that we can provide for uh, any of our, our patients out there or going forward with new patients. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the big thing, too. A lot of people with the palliative or house call program, they assume that it is hospice and that they're ha- going to have to give up a home health or their physical therapy. And that's not the case. They're not going to have to give up anything. They can still go see all their specialists. They can still keep their primary care doctor. They can still go to the emergency room. They can still seek treatment. Um, it's just an additional layer of support. And that's the thing that we want to get across to people is it's nothing else than another set of eyes and another advocate to stand in your corner and help you guide this through this crazy world of healthcare. If I didn't work in this healthcare system or if I didn't work in the healthcare world and something came up with my parents, I would have no idea where to start. And that's the biggest thing. And I think a lot of people, they get backed into a corner and they feel like no one's there to help them out or to help guide them through what this healthcare system looks like nowadays. And that's exactly what Sam and our team is here to do. Um, and that's the thing I think is most important and why I like doing this job so much is because those conversations, I feel like every day when I have those conversations, I just want to help someone. I agree. Uh, I always say we're going to walk the walk with you and we're going to fight the fight. And um, th- that's it. That's it. We're we're going to jump in the corner with you and help you through with any of the issues or problems or questions that you have. Um, that's just part of it. Our entire team is driven for uh, uh, outcomes and success. And being able to help someone out is really, really a, uh, a good situation. It's a peace of mind that, you know, never would have thought that one day I could actually really help some people out with the way that, you know, with, with the resources that we can offer out there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think those are the big things, Sam. I don't have anything else to talk about with the palliative or, or house call program. Yeah, I, I really do just kind of want to leave it on a note of, you know, ask questions, you know, ask friends, ask family members, you know, give us a call. Again, it's, it's, not, it's our job to have these goals of care discussions. And the more of these we have, the more education we have out there, you know, the better it is for everyone. I agree. No doubt about that. All right. Well, thanks for the time. We really do appreciate it. Yes. Thanks, David.